had this gravitational pull that was sort of pulling me away from, you know, more people submitting inquiries, more of my attention and time was getting focused on this. And I kind of hit this point of like, okay, I've got this full-time job, but I've also got this thing that's really starting to take off. What do I do? That's Casey Homan, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Cara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you anything is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, and success, who are living their best and most ridiculous lives, and who are making an impact, are often people you've never heard of until now. Today's guest is someone I am so proud of. Casey is an entrepreneur and founder of Scottsdale Bachelorette, focusing on decor, itineraries, and additional services for bachelorette parties. He's a business coaching client of mine who has made huge leaps and bounds, including quitting his day job to run the business full-time, building out a great team, and continuing to make tricky choices each day to keep crushing it as a leader, a business owner, and also celebrating all that Scottsdale has to offer. His business has been taking off like a rocket ship based on the quality and the amazing moments that he's creating for his customers. I'm so excited for you to meet him and to hear his story. Welcome to the Powerful Today Gentleman's Podcast. I'm so honored to be here and chatting with you and in this format instead of our coaching format. <laughs> I know. I'm super excited. So let's tell everybody right away who you are, where you are, and what you're up to. Yes. So my name is Casey Homan. I'm the owner and founder of Scottsdale Bachelorette. I'm actually in Phoenix, Arizona, um, but right next to Scottsdale. And uh, what we're up to is we are building an awesome bachelorette party planning company here in Scottsdale, Arizona, the number two um, most popular destination for bachelorette parties this year in the U.S., well, and the other thing about you is that you are one of my super all-star clients. Um, there are not many people who are allowed to like graduate into a once a month option for coaching and you take the coaching and run with it and you've killed it. I just want to brag a little bit about you to everyone listening, if that's okay. Please. So we started working together and you hadn't even been a full year in business yet, but yet in that first year of coaching, you were able to scale your business to such a degree that you were able to make the leap and quit your day job. So I want to just start at the beginning. How did you get into bachelor parties? What was your day job? Have you always been in Phoenix? Like I have so many questions. I'm sure everyone listening does as well. So let's start at the beginning. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I went to school for business and marketing. And when I graduated, I had the opportunity to move out with my sister to San Francisco. And I thought that'd be a really great start for me. Just a new city, you know, brand new out of college. It would be a really great opportunity for me. Um, so I started working out there and quickly got a job into sales, which is a typical, you know, entry-level position for a lot of people coming out of college. And that turned out to be such a good experience for me. I worked for a wedding photography um, company at the time where I was talking to brides and helping them get connected with photographers and then pivoted from that into the world of startups as many people in San Francisco do. So 
I um, had a really long stint with Yelp, actually, um, selling, you know, working with them on advertising. And then I moved my way into to sales management and had the opportunity with them. They opened an office out in Scottsdale, which a lot of tech companies at the time were, you know, having satellite branch offices out in Arizona, the cost of living was less. There's a really great, you know, pool of talent from schools like ASU and U of A. And so, um, so I said, yes, I said, you know, why not? I was there for a few years and it sounded like a really good opportunity. And I, I kind of was very hesitant to move to Arizona at the time, just the climate of different things that were happening at the time. Um, and was just kind of nervous about it. It wasn't the cool place that it is today. It kind of had a bad rap at the time. And, um, but I decided to do it. And once I moved out to Arizona, it instantly felt like home. Um, life was just a lot easier for me. Um, I really found a great group of friends, great group of people, and I really just fell in love with Arizona itself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I continued to work for startups after Yelp. I went to Uber and worked for them and then went to a real estate tech company. So I was kind of, you know, getting to grow my career and working in the field of startups. And what I really loved about working for startups was the opportunity to build something, whether it was, you know, this new project we're working on or training new hires or whatever it was hey, we don't have this figured out. And, and I got to be the person that helped to figure it out. And I loved that about the work mm -hmm. that I was doing. And so, you know, fast forward to kind of 2019 uh, or 2000, I guess, December of 2018, you know, I started to see some bachelorette parties coming to town. And, you know, I thought from my perspective, well, you know, how do they know where to go and what to do and that type of thing? And, you know, one of the things I hate about traveling is, trying to figure out where to go and what to do. Like <laughs> I'm planning a trip right now to, to Thailand and it's so difficult. Like I hate spending hours of research. I hate doing that. And I thought, Hey, I'm local. I could tell these, I could help these people figure out where to go and what to do, you know? And, you know, I've always had women as my friends growing up through ever since grade school and into high school, you know, as a gay person, um, as a gay man, you know, I've always been sort of more in touch, I think, with the feminine side of myself than maybe most people or most men in, in that case, at least. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've always had a really good understanding of what women like and what women want because they're my friends and I, I do understand where they're coming from a lot of times. So that was sort of how I got the idea. And, you know, it's just been kind of a journey since then. What did your friends and family think when you said, I'm going to start a bachelor planning and decor business? <laughs> Um, you know, okay, I guess, you know, like probably a little bit out of left field and everyone's like, is that a thing type, you know, I think like <laughs> with a lot of businesses, they're like, is that a business? Is, can you do something like that? And, you know, at first I was just curious about it. I just mm -hmm. thought, you know what, why not me? Why not? You know, I have my, my sister has her own business. My dad was a roofer. I sort of have some people that have been entrepreneurs and, and, and no other people that are entrepreneurs that you know, I think I have my stuff together a lot better than them in a lot of cases, some other people. And I'm like, if they can't do it, why can't, and if they can do it, why can't I? And I've just always been curious about it. So I think when I started it, it was more out of curiosity to be like, Hey, why don't I just, I'll do it as a side hustle. It'll be a little extra income on the side and it'll be fun to learn from it. And, um, so that's kind of how I got started and how it, you know, sort of, sort of built from there. What was the point when you realized, Oh shit, this is actually a business. I think it was last year. It was probably around the time that I came to you um, and had and started to think about coaching. But you know, it started in 2018. 2019 was really my first year in business, and that was whenever it was just like a side hustle and you know, kind of figuring things out. And 
you know, it wasn't really taking off. Um, obviously, we had 2020 was the pandemic. And so there was a huge downturn there. And again, wasn't something I was concerned about because this was just my side business. Mm -hmm. um, but then in 2021, things really started to turn around. I had created some decor packages, which, you know, the product offering really seemed to fit with what, you know, I did it for myself to make it easier for us to do our setups. But, you know, the, the, right then is when I realized that this is what the people really wanted. And that's when it started to sort of blow up and people were getting orders. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, also it just started to, I had this gravitational pull that was sort of pulling me away from, you know, more people submitting inquiries, mm -hmm. more of my attention and time was getting focused on this. And I kind of hit this point of like, okay, I've got this full-time job, but I've also got this thing that's really starting to take off. What do I do? You know? And that was mm -hmm. sort of that scary moment of like, do I take the plunge and actually think about doing this and come up with a plan to do it? Or do I just kind of let this be a side thing and continue to grow my career in the corporate field? And that was sort of that moment when I was like, okay, I think I got to do this. Yeah. Uh, how many people talk about being at that fork in the road where there was no reason for you to leave the career you had. You were successful. You, it was working. It was providing what you needed in life. And yet you saw this business growing, growing, growing. Like, what was it that was in that entrepreneurial space where you said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to make the right turn. I'm going to go and try this out. Like, were you scared? Were you nervous? Like, what did you have to factor in before you could be like, okay, we're going to do it? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I've learned from jumping from a, you know, corporate job into being, you know, full-time entrepreneur is that a lot of times you talk yourself out of doing what you want to do out of fear. Mm -hmm. um, and that was sort of the biggest sticking point for me was, you know, when I was considering it or when, when I was thinking about doing it, I was thinking about all these what ifs that could go wrong. Well, what if I don't make any money? What if I, you know, what if I give up all this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to pay for my health insurance? All these things that were just like the worst case scenario in my head. And, you know, when I really sat down and thought about the worst case scenario, it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And for anyone thinking about this, it's not as bad as you think it would be, right? You've got a network typically a family and friends mm -hmm. and people that will be there for you. And, you know, I wasn't going to end up homeless or I could sell my, my condo if I needed to, whatever, right. It's, it's not yeah. going to be as bad as you think it is. And, and instead I flipped that to, to say like, well, what's the best thing that could happen, right? Instead of what's the worst thing that happened, what's the best thing? How could this actually turn out to be really great for me? Great for me, not only financially, but as a person and help me grow. And if it doesn't work out, I could be even more marketable in the job market than I am right now. Um, because I went through this experience. And so I think that was sort of the pivotal moment for me when I, when I kind of really sat down and put aside the fears and actually mapped them out and came up with a plan of like, okay, worst case scenario, what's my runway and how long I could survive without needing mm -hmm. to ask friends or family for anything. And then can I do that? And then if I don't, what's my plan then? What's my backup plan? And once I had that mapped out, I was like, all right, let's, let's give this a try. Well, and in that first year, besides taking the leap from side hustle to full time, you've also expanded your team. You got a space that you you've been renting out. You invested in vehicles. Like your growth trajectory has been pretty phenomenal, and you've made more decisions in year one than I think most people make in the first five years. Has it all occurred to you as, you know, of course this is what I do next, 
Or does each new decision come up as a, as a heavy kind of panicky decision? Um, I think anytime a new decision comes up, I still have that fear um, that I had when I, when I made the leap, it still mm-hmm. comes up again and again. And I don't know if that's, I think that's something a lot of people have, right. Where it's like, it is scary whenever you're independent to make a decision and to take on this new thing or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, I, I always kind of refer to it as like this stretching moment where it's like, okay, we're here right now and we survived this past week or whatever it is doing, you know, 29 parties mm-hmm. and like, we could stay here, you know, we could stay in this realm and just keep living in 29 parties. But like, what if we tried doing 32? Like, what would that take? Like just a little bit extra, or what if we did 35? Like what would need to happen in order for that to happen? And, um, and then again, running that scenario in my head, okay, if I got a van and I didn't need it and it was an extra expense, what would I do then? And so then you quickly realize that again, it's a lot of times fear that's holding you back, but, you know, trying to make those small decisions to say, mm-hmm. okay, if I do this, how's this going to help me grow? How's this going to help the business grow? And how can we all benefit from this? And those are the great questions that we get to dive into. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're so great at coming to me with all your scenarios and being like, okay, let's choose. Um, but that, I think that's the important part of, of having a coach or a community because then you have someone to bounce it off of because. Yeah. Being an entrepreneur can also be really lonely. Yep. And it's not, it's, it, it can be lonely in the sense that if your friend and family network aren't entrepreneurs, it can, you can have a weird schedule. You can be making choices that they're not making, but it can also be really lonely because you realize, oh shit, like I have to make every decision. Like there's yeah. no one. We're so used to, I think in a corporate space, having a foil or having no one's ever worked where everyone agrees with you. So usually right. used to some push and pull and some discussion, and it's really hard to have a conversation by yourself. It is. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is you're, is an entrepreneur and as a, you know, I don't have a partner or anything in terms mm-hmm. of a business partner. I'm doing this all by myself. So yeah. I'm just literally talking to myself all the time in my head. <laughs> and when I do ask, you know, or I, I just, I just bring up what's happening with friends and family. Like, to be honest, like sometimes I just don't get the best advice from them. And I'm, yeah. and I try to be, you know, I want to be nice, but I'm like, absolutely, that would not work. Um, you know, and so as much as people, other people want to help and they want to give you their input, um, it's so helpful having you as a coach and just having, you know, having someone, wh- whoever that is for you mm-hmm. to say like, hey, this is someone that I really admire and respect and that has been through this and can help me think about things. And, you know, even you and I have had conversations about things and, what I, what I found is that I know a lot of times I come to the decision myself. It's something that I've come up with, but just talking it out and talking through the different scenarios and what to consider when making those things um, is really what's helped me get there. And so I think for anyone that's in this community, you, you need, do need someone, whether it's a mentor or a partner or someone else to bounce mm-hmm. those ideas off of, cause it can be very lonely. And, um, and it, you're also limiting yourself by only having what's in your, between your two years. Right. <laughs> so yeah. like you got to kind of, you know, expand your, your horizons a little bit. Well, and especially for a business like you, where you're allowing people to come together and you're connecting the community of, of Scottsdale and Phoenix that you love with these people who are coming in from out of town, like your, your business ultimately is helping people have amazing connections. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that we need those too. <laughs> like, yeah. We, we need that. Like, and, and so often it's so easy to get stuck behind our own computers and try to run an entire business just from a laptop. 
And I find, and I'm curious if you do that, whenever I realize that I've been behind the laptop too long, things start getting sticky or it feels like the business is in going through like mud versus Mm -hmm. like really smooth sailing. So that's a cue for me that I have to like get back out into reality and like be with people again and, and, and show up in places. How, how does that occur for you? And, and what are you doing to make sure that you are out in the real world, in the community, you know, enhancing the business, but also for yourself? Yeah, I think, you know, when I, when you're well-connected, especially in my type of business, when you're well-connected with other partners that do things that are adjacent to what I'm doing, whether that be, you know, Nelson at the Cabana Boys or, you know, one of our Airbnb hosts that own multiple Airbnbs, you know, it, you do find that there's a lot of overlap in experiences that you can relate to them on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also helps you get creative ideas flowing for things that you can innovate on. Right. So I think to your point, when you're stuck behind the computer and you're going through your inbox and you're just trying to play catch up with everything that you've got going on, you're really not leaving time for yourself to explore other directions that you could go or that you could help your partners that they could help you and so, yeah, I think it's, you know, I've, I've been trying to do something that I've always had some challenges with is delegating um, tasks to people on my team, not, not due to, um, you know, any lack of trust or anything like that, but it's more of, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm inconveniencing someone if I give them something that I should be doing or in my head, I think I should be doing. And so I found that the more that I can delegate that, the more that it does free up some time for me to do these other things. And then everyone benefits, the team gets to benefit from new things and, and things like that as well. Well, and I love that you've spun that into a really amazing way to network and showcase what's in Scottsdale. Yeah. Um, if anyone isn't following Scottsdale Bachelorette on Instagram, you should be, go do it right now. Because it's not just for people who want to go there for a bachelorette party. Like you're telling people, here's the best restaurant. Here's the best activity. Like I love now that I'm like, Ooh, I need to go to Scottsdale. I have to go check that out. (laughs) Yeah. That was sort of when I kind of going back to the, like the crux of why I created the business in the first place was to help people get connected to all the great things that there are here Mm -hmm. to help solve that need. And so I think even though like itinerary planning itself isn't our most popular service, um, the fact that we're able to provide that to people and help them get connected to those things helps strengthen our own brand and help strengthen our, our relationships with our partners as well, because not only are we driving our self-business, but we're able to drive that, that business to other great local businesses as well. You know, being someone who is constantly bringing new ideas to the table for your employees and your, your customers and your partners, what are you doing to make sure that you're fueling yourself for, for inspiration and for just the brain capacity to handle all the decisions you make on a regular basis? Yeah, I think a couple things. One is, and and we've talked about this, you know, privately, but, um, you know, making sure that you're nourishing yourself, um, first and foremost. And Mm -hmm. I think it's sort of that thing of like, yeah, you know, the air, the, the air mask drops out and put it on before you help someone else. And I think the last couple months have been extremely busy for us. Ex- mm-hmm. You know, it's the peak of bachelorette season in a year where you've got the most weddings in U.S. history since 1984. We've got Scottsdale being number two. The business is doing great. Um, and, you know, I sort of was hitting a, a moment where, like, I was working these extremely long days every day of the week. And I wasn't getting enough for myself. And I started to feel that. And, 
that was sort of the first moment as an entrepreneur that I kind of was like, hey, listen, I've got to take care of myself because I need to reset my brain sometimes so that I can have the the creativity to be able to innovate on the business. And um, and so I think it is about, you know, for me personally, I need to spend time with my boyfriend because that helps me recharge and work on our relationship. I love to work out and be active and I need to have time for the gym or for my workout classes. I want to spend time with my mom because I may not have that many more years with her and she's here locally in Arizona now. So when I'm working and I'm not doing those things, I'm not the happiest version of myself and I'm not innovating on the business. And so, and I think, you know, something we've talked about before is like, why did you do this? Why did you get into this? Right. I didn't get into having my own business so that I'd be working, you know, seven days a week, 13 hours a day. I did it so that I'd have more autonomy and more flexibility and all these great things that come along with having that, that freedom. Um, and so it's about reminding yourself to do that. And then that helps unlock a lot of my creativity. Um, so that's, that's kind of how it goes for me. I remember being really proud of you that you went on this amazing trip to Italy in Mm -hmm. year one. Yeah. And so many entrepreneurs are so nervous to take time off or take a vacation or like, there's the whole thing of like, Oh God, it's all going to collapse. What am I going to come back to? But you really chose to go on that trip. Um, how important is travel for you and getting out to explore the world? I love it. It's definitely, you know, one of my things that I, um, will splurge on and will, you know, make sure I really do it up if I, if I am going to do it. Um, because to be able to unwind and decompress, you know, sometimes you can't, a lot of times you can't do that in two days. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, and I also think it helps put into perspective what's important in life, right? We, yeah. we all get sort of caught up in this week and the next month and the quarter and that type of thing. And then like a lot of times when you step away and you get to experience another culture or you get to just have time to meditate or relax, that just totally changes your perspective of like, Hey, what's actually important in my life. And mm-hmm and making sure that you just reprioritize those things. Um, you know, a lot of times when you go on vacation, people are like, I want to buy a home here. It's like, <laughs> it's not necessarily because you, you like that place that much. It's because you like that you're prioritizing yourself and you're having this amazing experience that you really should be giving more of. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of your realization when you want to buy that house in Tulum. <laughs> Which I think everyone does when they go. Um, I, I just think that we are so good at putting the priorities backwards, especially when we're coming out of the kind of corporate hamster wheel that we've been taught to do where like work should take up the majority of your time that you're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the number one reason to be an entrepreneur. Like I don't want all of my waking hours to be working hours. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much cool shit to see out there. Like you know, being, you know, for me, freedom of location and freedom of time are so important because having traveled the world for work previously, like I know that I can go to Paris and still take calls. Yeah. And obviously it has been so hard kind of being in lockdown and stuck and not really being able to travel the past couple of years. Cause it was right when I was finally feeling I could do that in my business again. Cause just yeah. like everybody else, I'm like, okay, we're not doing it like we're tight gripping this until yeah. it feels like it's stable. You know, even myself, when I, when I started the company and I went full-time entrepreneur, yeah, I was, you know, white knuckling, you know, so focused on make it work and set it up and get the sales in. And 
I think we all go through this period where we don't trust that the plan we put together and the business that we believed it enough to make the leap is going to actually stay that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but there comes a point when you're like, you know what? This is working. I can go I can start implementing all the reasons the other reasons why I started this. Yeah. I can start traveling and working. I can start you know, taking time off. I can start moving towards whatever schedule I actually want. It's just such a freeing feeling when you go like, holy shit, like this is working. And I get to now have my dream life versus just a business that became my new job. Yeah. And I think it takes obviously a while to get there. As you mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, there's the white knuckling. There is a, you know, I I think I'm still in that, in that phase uh, in a lot of ways with (laughs) with the grocery experience this year. But I think, you know, last year, like I mentioned, like you talked about when I went to Italy, um, you know, and even a a trip I took after that, you know, my team, it was sort of my first time that I had gone away and trusted Mm -hmm. everything with my team and everything went amazing. And so I think what you realize is like, again, going back to the fear of what could go wrong and what could be worse, it's the worst case scenario doesn't happen. It actually ends Mm -hmm. up turning out really great if you have a great team and you've set things in place to prevent things from happening. Um, but then also, you know, as you grow a business, it it doesn't just fall off a cliff in a week or two weeks when you when you take a break, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it if you're doing the right things, it's growing to the point where it'll even continue growing when you're gone if you're doing the right things. Um, and taking that small break, you might think it's a big deal, but it's really not. And so that's why this year, and I you know strategically plan my trips to be when they're not you know our busiest times. Um, but even still, I'm not worried about going on them because I know my team's in place to take care of everything while Mm -hmm. I'm gone. And I know that everything I've done, there's not going to be any impact to that. Now, one day, would I like to be able to work remotely and and do that? Yeah. And I think we're, I'm getting there. And I would, that's sort of, that was my dream when I started. And when I first Mm -hmm. quit my job, I was like, well, I'll be able to like work from yeah, Italy or something like that. Um, not there yet, but you know, one day still, still on the goal list. Well, and, and there's a quote that I love that you and I have talked about of a small business owner does the work, an entrepreneur creates systems. And you have spent so much time, and we've had so many conversations about those systems being put in place. You know, having a great team is a system, having your SOPs, like you've been so focused on creating the right structures so that you can keep kind of backing up a little. And it doesn't mean that you're backing up to like not do the work. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a thing you brought to me. You're like, I don't want to give my business away either. And it's like, no, no, no. We just need to keep elevating you because yeah. there's always a bigger strategic conversation to have or brand development to have. And we have to remember as as the business owners to keep elevating ourselves up so we can see that 30,000 foot view mm-hmm. because it is so easy to get sucked into the basic level tasks, the emails, the fire drills. And like, how has putting those structures in place for you changed how you approach your business and how has that shifted even from how you thought about business in the corporate setting? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the, as far as creating systems, that's sort of been our whole MO and what I think that I'm really good at and what my superpower has been for this whole business is how do we take something really complex, like setting up a once in a lifetime bachelorette party and be able to systematize that, to be able to do 30 of them within a week and do it 
with this team within 30 to 45 minutes, right? So there's a lot of planning and a lot of work that goes into mm-hmm. making that happen. Um, and, you know, as a business owner, I've, I have struggled with like, you know, putting myself on the job site, you know, yeah. which is, which is, I don't need to be on the job site doing the setups, but, you know, that time could also be spent on growing the business and doing those types of things. And so that's something I've slowly tried to pull myself away from, but to be perfectly honest, as you and I have discussed, like I have some guilt almost of doing that because Mm -hmm. for some reason in my head, I think, well, maybe my team will think that I'm not, you know, in the trenches with them or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want them to feel like I'm abandoning them. And I think maybe a lot of entrepreneurs or business owners that are doing this might feel the same way because, you know, this was something that just a year ago I was doing pretty much on my own. Mm -hmm. And so now for me to ask other people to do it, you know, it's kind of one of those things of like, I wouldn't want to ask anyone else to do anything that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. And I know we have really long days. There's a lot of work to be done. Um, But, you know, I think on the other hand, it's like, you're, you're never going to be able to grow the business and be able to give these people future opportunities to grow themselves. If you're not out there being the CEO, that's actually leading the vision of the business. And so I think from, you know, how that relates to sort of the corporate America part of things is, you know, you're, you're typically given a task within, you know, a job of like, Hey, here's the project. You're going to make this work. And you're, you're doing the work in a lot of cases, um, unless you are in some type of an executive position. So you're basically stepping out of the world of having a job to do into a world of being an executive. And for some period of time for all entrepreneurs, there is going to be an overlap, but in order, you know, from here to there, right. What gets you, what got you here is not going to get you there to where you're going to go. You have to also make that shift. Um, and so that's something that I'm, I'm still working on. You know, when, when people ask me who are my dream clients, it's people who are compassionate, who want to be, you know, aligning with their purpose, who do want to still make a profit because there's plenty of people who are afraid to make money. <laughs> um, and one, and you fit all of those characteristics because you care so much, right? That, that example just shows like you want your team to know they're valued and to know they're appreciated. And you have already even allowed people to grow within your team, which is mm-hmm. incredible. Um, where did you learn uh, or see modeled like being compassionate and putting your team first? Like there's such an amazing blend that you have of confidence and compassion. Where did that come from? Is it just how you you know came out of the womb or were there people in your life modeling that that you were inspired by? Um, I, I think as a person, ever since I was a kid, I've always been a little bit more on the emotional side. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is a result of, you know, partially of being a gay man and how that is, has made me different in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And I think, you know, even, you know, here we are in pride month and maybe this is a you know a good time to talk about that, but it's like, you know, maybe a lot of people don't have that same shared experience, but, mm-hmm. you know, being a gay person growing up, um, I always was sort of a little bit more sensitive to how other people feel and think, because I know that I've been othered at times. Mm-hmm. And so that just helps me give a little bit more context into, you know, how, how other people might feel and react to things that are said or done to them or whatever. And so I think that that has given me a lot of, it's actually helped me a lot of my career as well, where I'm able to think about like, well, you know, it, when I stepped into a management position at work, like how, do, how does my team feel? Those types of things. And as I'm leading this mm-hmm. business as well. And so 
in, in it and with my customers, right? You know, this experience, if I got this cup like this and this looked like this, how would I feel if I got that and I paid yeah. this money for this, right? So I think, um, you know, having a lot of empathy um, mm -hmm. has really helped me as a person and I think helped me as in my business career and also as, as a leader. I don't remember it, the second part of the question. But <laughs> <laughs> it was, did, you know, who, who have you been inspired oh. by? Who have been mentors? Has anyone modeled um, anything that you bring into your, your, your business now and, and just who you are as a human? Yeah, I think there's been a couple of um, managers that I've had in the past that have really helped me with this. So mm -hmm. um, the first one is Erica Aliotto. She was one of my sales leaders at Yelp. And, you know, kid fresh out of high school or fresh out of college, I should say, um, you know, first kind of real sales job. Um, she taught me a lot about, um, and, and all of us, I think a lot about um, how to be a human on the phone and interact with people and not just be, you know, sort of this cog in the wheel and help understand mm -hmm. people a lot better. Um, and so I think her and also another manager that I had, her name's Sandy Lau. Um, and she's, you know, a VP of HR at the most recent uh, company that I worked for. But I think both of those leaders, you know, they, they put people first, right? And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when you come to work or you come to a company, you have to realize that, yes, we're doing a job, but you're a human, you know, I want to, I care about you on a human level. You know, if someone has an issue going on, it's not like, well, when are you going to come back to work? It's like, no, seriously, how are you doing? And can you yeah. please take all the time off that you need to, you know, whatever. And I think that whenever you treat people like humans instead of employees or something like that, that is a huge, a huge part of how I've developed sort of that empathy and it's really helped shape me as well. Yeah. All the powerful humans that are on this podcast, you know, it's, it's not just about work for them. There's there, we are all very complex people yeah. and there's so much that's happened in the world since you've started this business. When you look at the impact you're making, what are the the social issues or the political issues that you say that you're trying to navigate and either incorporate into your business or trying to make sure that you're keeping an eye on because they really matter to you, even if it's strictly on a personal level? Yeah, um, I think you know. I think it, it's difficult as an entrepreneur to sometimes give a really hard stance publicly on things because you yeah. don't want to alienate part of your consumer base. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I also need to recognize what's important to me and what matters to me in this world. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I haven't really gravitated yet towards like a specific charity or anything like that in terms of with my business, um, that just hasn't been a focus, but, you know, certainly I think lately the issue of gun control has rocked mm -hmm. a lot of us to our core. And I shouldn't say gun control, but I should say um, the mass shootings. Um, yeah. You know, I think all of us, you know, with with the most recent one that happened in Texas with the kids, um, it's horrible. It's got to stop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more you sort of peel back an onion, right, because we're all just living our lives every day. And if it doesn't happen to us, we might see it on the news on a flash. And then a couple of days later, it's gone. But yeah. you start peeling back the onions of like, teachers having to like prep themselves and going through these drills. And like, I started talking to my nephew and, you know, just how this has become sort of an everyday occurrence. And it's, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem right that we should accept this in our lives. And 
I don't know how that ties in with bachelorette parties <laughs> but <laughs> and what I'm doing, but I do know that it matters to me. And personally, mm-hmm. um, it's important for me to take a stand. So I'm really excited to be joining the March for Life, uh, March for Our Lives that's happening. Um, there's going to be a local one here in Phoenix, and I've shared mm-hmm. that, and I'm really excited to go and just be a voice for that. Um, because I think, you know, there's a situation of something that, that does need to be done. Well, and it's, it's, it's such a fine balance, right? Because we don't want to insult people who who maybe don't, who could be customers that maybe haven't had the level of conversations or have gone through the inquiry process, um, that we have. And it's also so often when we lean in on what matters to us that may not seem like it applies to business that actually can attract more of our, our dream customers. It's like this really interesting kind of dance that we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as well, like I, what shocked me, you know, um, after George, George Floyd was killed and after Breonna Taylor was killed, that the first people to start saying this isn't okay were people that I followed in the business space, even before the political space. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting for me to see that, like, you know, what, who's, who's, in, who's an influencer? Mm-hmm. And if they are, what are they saying? What are they doing? What does it look like? Now, yeah. obviously, as a business coach, like, per, uh, speaking my political mind in that space might not make sense, but it's also why I've created Powerful Ladies as a space as well, because all the people that I know who are creating their own business or following their passion or, you know, diving into athletics or the sciences, whatever their thing is, who's been on this podcast, everyone cares. Like everyone is looking for more fairness and more equality and just more like it's like what occurs to us is normal. Like it would be so weird for you and I, like we would not tolerate going to work worried that there is going to be an active shooter. Right. Like we would never create that space for our employees. We would never create it for ourselves. It's just such like a, it's that to me is the mind blowing part of you want these people to do the most important job in the world, which is teach children. And you don't want to make sure that like, you're going to add that layer of stress and just like taking how much of their mental capacity is taken up by planning for that, worrying about that, thinking about that. It just, and it, then it's, trying to arm them with guns to defend themselves and, you know, having that responsibility of the children. Right. It's like, yeah. Um, it just doesn't seem right. And it is upsetting, I think, to even mm-hmm. think about because, you know, put yourself in that teacher's position. Right. Again, with the empathetic part of, of yep. who I am, I'm just like, God, I could never, don't give me a gun and expect me to protect like all these people. Like I would freeze the moment that like, you would have had the right training. Like I would have no idea. I'd be so like, I'd try to stay calm on all those things, but it would be so difficult for me. And I I would hate to be even asked to do that. Um, when, when the career that I got into was not, was not public defense. It's not, you know, I did not sign up to be a police officer. I signed up to teach children. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think, um, we have to be careful about what we're asking people to do, um, in light of, you know, what, what the, what the laws are and, and what needs, what needs to actually change, right? Yeah. Where do we, where do we actually solve the problem? And I think we have to take a, a good deep look at that, not just how people feel about it. For a lot of people and myself included, it's, it's sort of like, well, where do you start sometimes? And I think that's, what's yeah. really difficult. It's, you know, not always that you don't care or that it's, um, you know, you want to do something, but it's like, what can I do to 
to help make an impact and make an influence on something mm-hmm. that I care about. And there's a lot of causes out there. So it's like, you almost need to obviously pick where, where you think you can make, or where you want to make a difference. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, that's sort of a journey that everybody goes on is like, Hey, where do I want to invest that time and energy into? And where can I, where do I want to be able to share um, something to make a difference? So I think, yeah, I think for me that there's still, there's a number of places that I think that that could go. Um, but certainly right now it's, it's definitely with the mass shootings and, and what, what can be done there. Yeah. How does it feel to be creating moments and memories and these things that people will remember for the rest of your lives? Like how much joy does that bring you and how much does that fuel you to keep going? It's really incredible. Um, to be able to, for a couple of reasons, one, we've got the, the maid of honor, right. Who has this immense amount of pressure to create this fantastic experience for mm-hmm. someone that they care about so much, whether it's their sister or best friend or something like that. So that's a really great part of it is just to be able to take that stress off of them and mm-hmm. make something amazing for this person that they care so much about. Um, but then of course the bride, right. And that's what this is all about for the bachelorette weekend is making her feel special, making her feel celebrated and really creating this weekend experience that you don't, in most cases, get to experience very often. Like, you know, I think anyone listening, it's like, when's the last time you got a group of your closest friends and siblings and people that you care about the most in your life? And and in most cases, women that are so impactful and been able to just spend a whole weekend with them and just Mm -hmm. let loose and have a great time. Like, that usually there aren't many opportunities in your life that you get to do that. So the fact that we get to be part of that is really, really special. And I think for me and our team, when we see reactions, like we're, we're putting together like a montage of all of our reaction videos right now, which is really fun. Uh, Cause sometimes we either get them ourselves or we get like the maid of honor to capture it for us. And, you know, that's feels really, really special because we're, you know, a lot of times again, with your, with your routine, you're getting in, you're setting up, you're onto the next house. But like every time someone walks in and sees what we did, there's a reaction, there's an emotional connection there. And that's a memory that we created that they'll never forget. And I think that's a really cool part about our business and what we do is being able to create those moments for people. And and again, while I take it very seriously, right? It's like, (laughs) if you mess it up or you don't do it right, then that's like a really big deal because you messed up this like really big moment. It's like, it's not as big as a wedding day, but it's, you know, it's in that same genre of like, you you can't do this every year. So that, that brings all the more pressure and why it's, you know, why we want to make sure we do it right. I also think what's really interesting is, is often in the, the wedding space, there's a lot of waste and you've taken a really interesting approach with your business of having a lot of sustainability simply in reusing a lot of the materials that you do use for decor and you do use for the parties. Yeah. Was that an intentional choice for sustainability reasons? Was it fi- like financially led? Like what got you to the path of, hey, we can do this, make it look amazing and we can be sustainable in the process? It was really a, a 360 idea for a lot mm-hmm. of reasons. You know, when I first started the business, we used to have people ship us their own decor items and we would set those up. So initially, you know, I saw the waste and I saw, but I saw a lot of the same things being purchased, (laughs) like (laughs) Final Fiesta, Scottsdale Before the Veil, people will go on and they'll purchase these things for their event. They use them, but no one's taking that home with them or reusing that, Mm -hmm. you know, ever again. Um, And so initially I was like, well, they're buying these things from somewhere else. I should just be the one that provides it as part of this service. So that was sort of 
where I came up with that idea to create, you know, themes and packages. So we now have five Mm -hmm. themes that people can choose from. It's a great, you know, thing for them. Simplicity. They just say, boom, I want this one. It comes with everything I need. And we're able to provide a much higher quality experience, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, these amazing backdrops, neon signs, Mm high-end pool floats that these people would never buy on their own because it would be cost prohibitive to do that. Mm-hmm. So pair that with, you know, hey, well, what if we got reusable cups? So then that way we don't have to buy cups every single time. And mm-hmm. think about, you know, 10 cups times hundreds of bachelorette parties going into landfills every weekend, right? Right. And, um, you know, what else can we do? Okay, well, if you don't use all the napkins, let's ask you to save those so we can reuse those for future parties. So mm-hmm. having that, you know, theme model allows us to reuse the same things, but then also preserves a lot from going in the landfill. And we always try to think about like, when we bring stuff back, hey, can we reuse this? Obviously, within reason. Yeah. Um, and you know, things like the balloons. Most people don't realize um, mylar balloons, those letter balloons, those will last mm-hmm. forever as long as you don't pop them or squeeze them. So we'll put those in a bag, put them in our van, and reuse them for the next weekend. That mm-hmm. saves us a ton of time, saves us money, mm-hmm. and it also saves a lot of waste. Um, and everyone really seems to support that. You know, we leave a note saying, "Hey, we always try to recycle. Please leave the following items that you don't wish to take with you, so we can reuse them." And everyone's mm-hmm. really great about that. So I think it's really helped us from, you know, a goodwill perspective, doing right for the environment, and then of course from a business and time perspective, so that mm-hmm. you know we're not duplicating our efforts and wasting time and money and energy on things that we don't need to. Well, and, and I think as well, what I really admire about you is your curiosity for asking questions. And that's a great example of you saying like, how could we do this differently? How could we provide it? Because often we feel like there's no way to combine all the things we care about and make them all fit together. But ultimately it's really just, can we get more creative about it? And I think that's a great example of really making, as you said, a 360 approach where it does help the business. It does level up the experience. It does make it more quality. It is sustainable. Um, it is economical. Like there's so many yeses to mm-hmm. that um, system that you've made. Um, and I love that that people are on board with it as well because you want to have all the cowboy hats, but you do not need the cowboy hats when you get home often. That's right. <laughs> So we, we rent those out and save the money and then we reuse them. Right. And I think, yeah. you know, I think that's, what's really been fun. And what I love about having my own business is constantly saying like, and admitting like, Hey, we don't have the perfect, we don't have the perfect model figured out. And mm-hmm. if you're just copying what someone else is doing, they don't have the perfect thing figured out either. Right. It's like, as you go through every part of your day, it's just good to be like, Hmm, this is kind of a friction point or like, this could be better. Like, how could I be part of making that better? What could we change to make that better? Um, Even problems that we run into our business, like sometimes we were forgetting things or whatever. And we'd say, well, why don't we just create like a checklist that we have like everything. So we sign our names, we make sure. So like little things like that. And then like that little decision has really helped us. We never did that before. It took us a year to even think of that. And now that we have it, it's like, gosh, why didn't we think of that before? So I think that's what's really fun is, you know, and if you work somewhere else at a corporate job, they're like, we don't do checklists. So you're not going to do that. You know, whatever it is, yeah. it's harder to make a change and an impact than whenever you're a business owner, you can sort of say, Hey, let's try it and let's see yeah. what happens. And does it make things better? If it's a waste of time and doesn't make things better, don't do it. Like we'll just stop doing it. So. What are you most excited about as we're kind of turning the corner in 2020? What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? You know, what are the, the big scary goals that you have for this year? Um, well, something that we're working on right now is thinking about how can we help 
people beyond bachelorettes, right? And and mm-hmm. kind of identifying and really taking a step back and seeing that we've been able to solve a need and provide a service that people want. Um, but how can that service be trans translated to other people? Um, you know, in different ways. And so people mm-hmm. have asked, you know, why don't you do baby showers or why don't you do these things? And, you know, that doesn't get me super excited. And I also don't know if it's the core of what we're actually solving. Cause there's other mm-hmm. local service providers that do back, you know, that do baby showers and things like that. And so I think for what we're looking at right now is how can we help other travelers and other people that are coming to Scottsdale for other celebrations and other mm-hmm. reasons and other groups rather than just bachelorette parties. And I think that you know, as I think about what's next for my business, it's really about kind of tapping into that. Because a lot of things that we're doing right now, whether it be kitchen stocking or, you know, beer pong table rentals or things like that could be translated to other groups. And mm-hmm. maybe it's not something we really, um, you know, a niche that we're going to dive into like family travel, but maybe it's a broader thing that we could say, hey, maybe you're not coming for a bachelorette party, but maybe you've got a friend that's coming for a 30th birthday or something like that. And mm-hmm. we could, you know, help them out there. So I think you know, when I think about what's next and what gets me excited, it's about being able to help more people with other types of, you know, needs for coming to our city. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure everyone is very excited about you and the business and they want to follow you, hire you. Um, where can they follow, find you and support you? Yeah. So our website is scottsdalebachelorette.com. On Instagram, you can find us at Scottsdale Bachelorette. And we're, we're getting into TikTok now quite a bit, um, Scottsdale Bachelorette as well. So um, definitely give us a follow. Even if you're not into bachelorette parties, we do <laughs> provide a lot of fun and entertaining content. So um, definitely check us out. And uh, we'd love to help you if you or anyone you know um, is coming to Scottsdale for a bachelorette party. Or if you're coming for something else, let us know too, because we're going to be getting to that soon as well. And I'm sure everyone wants to know, because now we're planning, how can we get to Scottsdale ASAP? <laughs> Where are three places or things you're like, you have to go here? Okay. So if you're coming during nice weather, I would absolutely recommend getting out and hiking Camelback mm-hmm. Mountain. That is a fantastic, beautiful hike, very close to Old Town Scottsdale, amazing views and really gives you that sort of desert vibe. Um, the mm-hmm. second one that I would highly recommend is a restaurant called Toca Madera. So okay. um, it's an amazing uh, Mexican cuisine restaurant. They've got fire dancers. It's a ton of fun. Um, and then another one of my favorites is a brunch spot called the Montauk. And so that's mm-hmm. a Hampton inspired restaurant. Um, they have a lobster roll, which is, you know, not local to Arizona, but still really delicious and lots of great cocktails and a good vibe. So those would be three places I'd recommend checking out. All right. Well, we've said it before, but I'm absolutely coming for a Scottsdale weekend. So we can not just hang out, but I want to now do all the things that you share on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> they look so fun. Um, but Casey, it has been an honor to have you on uh, the Powerful Ladies podcast as one of our powerful gentlemen. I am so proud of you for what you've created and who you are and how much you are putting into your business and your community. You're really, to me, a, a model entrepreneur. And I'm just so thankful that I get to be a contribution to you and now just share you with everyone who's listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for everything that you helped me with as well. All the links to connect with Casey and Scott So Bachelorette are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com forward slash podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening and leave us a rating and review. They are critical for podcast visibility. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore duffy on Instagram.
You can also find both myself and Powerful Ladies on TikTok. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode with a new amazing guest. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.